my goodness. There is so much to say. There's so much to celebrate. My co-host, my mentor in all things animal advocacy. She's got the pom-poms out. This is your professionals and animal lovers show, and we're making things happen. We're changing the world. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. That's Margaret Mead. That is a story. That is a quote. That is something that we have to think about because we can change the world. One person can influence many, and we have to think in terms of that. And uh, just seven or eight months ago, I didn't know much about animal advocacy, and uh, now I know a, a whole lot more than I used to. I'm reading on one of my pages here. New York passes a bill to ban the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores. Val, where are those <laughs> I got to get some pop-ups. I got to get my own pop-ups. I feel like, Val, I feel like we should say rah-rah, sis-kumba. Oh, and Ra's here. Oh, my God, look what we did there. I stole that joke. Valerie used that joke five minutes ago in the virtual green room, everybody. So credit where credit is due. JP Goodwin is here from the Humane Society of the United States. Valerie is here, and the guy who keeps talking is here. That's me. I'm Tommy D, your friend, the nonprofit sector connector, advocate in training, Junior advocate. I want to be a junior. No, you know why? Because junior advocate kind of tastes that I'm younger than I am. I'm a junior advocate, Valerie. So yeah. Val, I know you're fired up. I know you have notes. I know you have a lot to say. We got two incredible leaders here with us to say a whole bunch of words as well. What do you want to say, kid? Let's get this thing going. I'm fired up and it is warm in the attic, but I'm still fired up. It's warm here too. Uh, so first of all, I am so psyched. This is just an incredible moment for all of us. And um, today, you know, our guests are, are both great animal advocates and, um, you know, JP is a returning guest from the Humane Society, but get this, he's tasked with, with the End Puppy Mills campaign on a national level. And also Assemblyman Ed Ra, who's, who's been an animal advocate for years. I, this is not the first thing he's ever gotten behind. Strong Island, Strong Island represent, just saying, just saying, right? <laughs> no, that's and, all. You know, but when I think of what it took to, to pass this bill, um, and also prior to passing it, just raising the awareness, you know, educating other people about it, um, you know, debunking the, the pet store lies and everything, you know, it's a lot of work. This is one bill, but look, it, it took a village or I don't know, it, it, it took a huge effort and it was so worth it. Because we literally just changed, at least in the state of New York, you know, we changed the business model that these pet stores are uh, currently incorporating, but will no longer in a year. And it's amazing. Now it's going to turn into a humane business model. And we are saving the suffering um, and, and neglect of thousands of animals. So anyway, uh, I'm now, still now, now, can we? Can I tell a quick story? Can I tell a quick story to everybody really quick? It's not going to yeah. be quick, but let me just tell a story anyway. So Saturday <laughs> afternoon, like this all happened on Friday last week, and I'm like watching, and we're watching on like watching the assembly, and I see Assemblyman Ra, and I see a whole bunch. Oh, Jovi's here. Jovi got a haircut. What's up, dog? Yeah. Hello, Barry. Barry, you've never been on the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Well. Hey, thanks for having me. What's up, Hef? My God, everybody's no. showing up today. No, too much I mean, I get distracted by a squirrel, and I, there's a new chipmunk, I told you, in my driveway, and he's very cute. I don't, I, so, 
<laughs> so so I got a million questions for Ed. I want first question, but I, I was telling the story. What was I saying? I'm watching this thing the other night on Friday. Ed, I want to know how many times Valerie texted you between Wednesday and Friday of last week. Yeah, we'll get to that though. But I'm watching this on the assembly, and I never watched anything in the New York State Assembly. And I'm watching the conversations on Friday evening, first in the afternoon. And then I actually tried to call Valerie while it was going on, and Val was like not taking my call. She's like, Don't stop calling me. I'm intently watching. And I was like, but I have a question. And she wouldn't take my call. And but it was in it was very special to to actually see the mechanics of what goes on. I know I I just danced for 30 seconds. Like, remember the story. Here's the story. Saturday, I'm in the car with my father and we were going to do a day of service. Shout out to Paul Rubin Camp. Good morning. Very special nonprofit friend of mine here in Long Island. We bring in Italian ices and I'm on the phone with my friend who wanted to call me then because it was the next morning. So she had time to talk to me then because, so she calls me up and I'm like, I'm in the car with my father. And I literally Val and I like celebrating. And I explained to my dad, like in real time with Valerie there, what just happened, which Ed JP and everyone else listening, I could not have even told you anything about this months ago, but now I've learned this stuff. And it's because I've been exposed to this and I've been, the information has been put in front of me and it's become, we've done a bunch of call nights together. We've gotten, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what we can share here, but because I'm an open book, Ed Rock called me a bunch of months ago and said, Tommy, you should foster that rabbit. You know, like this is some, just a callback. Those comedians, they call it a callback, but that's something that happened in real life. So I didn't foster the rabbit, but I was looking on NYC bunnies on Facebook earlier because they have like five bunnies that they're looking to foster. Val, did you know they chip bunnies? I didn't. They're spayed, neutered, and chipped. I just learned that, but I'll try to bring it back. I was very, I felt like I was part of change. I felt like watching that on Friday evening, I saw something happening. I saw change happening. And, you know, this show was part of that. I don't want to say we, I don't want us to take a whole bunch of credit, but JP has been on the show. Um, Brian Hackett from the Animal Defense League has been on it and I might be butchering their ADLF correct me when I stop talking but these are folks that are that are leaders in this space and Ed and his cohorts up in Albany you know making change and that was so special for me but then I get to educate my father about this and my father loves animals and he was disgusted by what we were talking about and I tell him about the cages and the USDA and the nonsense that the USDA regulation what it actually is is not really anything to protect these animals so because I'll talk for days I'm going to pause for a second. It has been apparent to me that I've had too much caffeine and I have a whole iced coffee. I, they don't advertise the show, but, you know, shout out Tommy D runs on Duncan. But <laughs> Val, you've changed my life by exposing me to this information. And now I think we just are going to continue changing the lives of both people, people, animals with two legs and animals with multiple legs. <laughs> I, I, animals compelled. with multiple legs. Val, take it away. I'm compelled. I have to say this you have uh you know taken on you're like a sponge and the amount of ground in which you've covered because you're very curious by nature and because you're you're listening you know to advocates on all different issues tnr you know you have you're not an advocate in training you're officially training other people but i wanted i wanted to say this every effort matters Okay, and I'm certainly not, I don't care about taking credit. I couldn't care less. I just care about getting stuff done. I'm a results-driven person. And whether someone, um, you know, shared the information on Facebook, what I love about Tommy is that he's very innovative and he's like, what if, what if we do this? What if 
he got this bill for the first time ever on the Queen's Chamber of Commerce agenda for their day in Albany. And yeah, every year they have, you know, eight to 10 bills or whatever that they either are in favor of or against. To get the Queen, Queen's Chamber of Commerce to endorse this bill. And then he got on the phone with another assemblyman and That's said, right. Another Queen's like, assemblyman who's a, a friend of a friend who, again, power of networking, right? power of connecting, right? right? He called me up and I was like, I get nervous when nobody calls me up. Like, no one scares me. And this gentleman who's also named Ed calls me up and I was like, tells me his name and I go, Humana, 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 and I'm never at a loss for words, as many of you know. And I'm like, I gotta call Val. I don't know what to say, but I said what I needed to say. And he goes, I'm going up there Monday, and I will be behind this thing. And but like that's that's picture, this lays precedence for future bills. Now we have another avenue to go back to and say, Hey, you guys supported this humane right. legislation. Val, there was Val. I was in. I was downtown in Manhattan, and we got to get our friends in this conversation. But I was yeah. downtown in Manhattan with Avenues for Justice for street naming, and it was a gentleman whose name escapes me now, but he was an assemblyman down there, and I go to talk to him about this. It was like yeah. five weeks ago, and I was like, Dude, yeah. I didn't call him, dude. I probably did. So that's what I'm I was saying. like, okay. Let me ask you. I was like, Can you? And he goes, Tell me. He goes, All good. I'm already behind it. I'm in with yeah. you. And I'm like, Wow. And I know the stuff. So let's get into this conversation. Let's get you. You Let me just wrap up the point. The point is, is that you also were like, let's do a call night. Like the ideas kept flowing. And every time that we did something, I think our first call night, we only had maybe 12 people. The following call night, we had 20 something people. But one of those people that were on the call night has um, a list of like 20,000 people on her email list and she blasted out a call to action and every single action matters. And so this is what I'm saying. If we can get you, Tommy Demisa, to call your legislators, to yep. involve other people in this conversation, we continue the ripple effect so that next time, next legislative session, fair warning, Mr. Ra, we're going to have a mountain of like a huge army of people ready to go. You know what I mean? And like, that's what excites me. Let me, let me, one more anecdote. I'm away on vacation with my family. The first night we're doing the call night. And I tell my, I I gotta go. We're doing this thing. I need an hour. I gotta go back to the, to the hotel, to the apartment and do this call night. And my son goes, dad, where are you going? We're at the water park. I go, I'm doing that puppy mill, that anti-puppy mill call night. He goes, go, could you get out of here and go take care of that? And then come back to the pool. So like, that's how real this has become. That's yeah. the kid who says, I love dogs. And actually I was talking to an organization the other day, shout out to therapy dogs of Long Island. My son and I are going to go out there and do get a, get certified to bring these therapy dogs out to shout out to Terry. It was great talking to you this week. Looking forward to having you come on the show over the summer. So this is what happens Val, Cause I'm yeah. fired up, you know, You're, I you just, graduated. I, I can no longer call you <laughs> in training. All right. So let's bring Don't. our guests into the conversation. We have a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Um, Ra, JP, what's going on, man? Well, I guess my first question is, I'm an AT&T stockholder. And so my first question is actually for Assemblymember Ra. Did Valerie send you enough text about this to increase my stock price value? <laughs> I t- it depends on whether she has an unlimited plan or not. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, good, good. I thought it'd be nice to have a little bump on those things. So. <laughs> I felt so badly and I actually I I I really try hard not to inundate people which I'm sure some people are probably spitting out their coffee right now but I would start off each test like 
sorry to be a pest, but you know, da da da. Like, sorry to bother you again, but blah blah blah. You know, but this is something I, I should really enunciate too. Like, your level of support and responsiveness kept me off a ledge, and I would, you know, we would get kind of like misinformation or whatever. Like, as you know, some people, you know, were saying. Oh, it's scheduled to be voted on tonight at 7.08 p.m. or something like that. And I would get that information. My hopes would go through the roof. But I've always, I've learned the hard way. You have to always, uh, you know, verify before you spread information. Now, can you set the suspense why this was such a big deal like last week? I mean, or Ed, if you want to just take it, because we yeah. were running yeah. out of time. Like, this is why it was freaking us out, yeah. right? Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, this was, last, last week was the last week of the, legislative session for this year. Um, in particular, as we got into Thursday, Thursday was the last scheduled day for, for 2022. Uh, you know, I was able to let Valerie know as we're going today, don't worry, we do usually go an extra day. Um, so I, yeah. but I can't imagine what it's like from somebody outside who doesn't know, because there's no logical sense to the way the legislature operates. I, I fully, fully acknowledge that. Um, so it can't be easy following it from the outside uh, when you're hoping to see something get done before we leave town for the year. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. definitely, it was freaking us out. And again, it was something that freaked me out that I didn't even know was a thing I cared about months ago. And then I was like, <laughs> and I'm talking about, I'm like, dude, what is going on here? And like you said, it was misinformation, but to have, to have somebody who is, who is been elected that looks out for the people who's up there who can be you know our connection point is critically important we do believe it or not have to go to a break so when we come back you know we're going to just keep get this conversation going ed Ra, jp goodwin valerie and tommy will be quiet so everybody else can talk this is the professionals and animal lover show joby's here by the way joby love your bow tie you're looking sharp kid dylan take us the break we'll be right back Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
they're back. Val, yeah, take us away. <laughs> we are back. Val, actually, I was going, I wanted you to bring us back. Two things I want to say hello to. I got to say hello to people. Mick Collins and Joanne Wink Arcade checking in on hey. Facebook. Thank you both for your support. We're getting a lot of congrats out there. But it's congrats for a whole world. It's congrats for a whole world of animals that needed this help. Val, take it away. Let's get back into this. Um, okay. Well, you know what? So I wanted to point out the fact that I met uh, Mr. Ed Ra several years ago, and um, I somehow got invited to a press conference. It was at your house, Ed. Um, I got to meet his rescue dog, Carter, named after Garrett Carter, the kid. From the the kid. I'm a huge Mets fan. So anyway, um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because he came out with this, uh, you declared the like a national holiday, right, for pet fire safety. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That... Pet Fire Safety Day in New York State. We had uh, passed a resolution that year for the first time uh, for that, and uh, had the idea of getting these stickers made for people to put on their doors to identify to uh, you know first responders in the event of a fire. What animals were in the house? That's yeah. like that old school. What was the thing that we used to have when we were exactly. kids? Like the old Tot Finder. Yeah. Tot Finder, right? I remember that. Yeah, it was like a metallic thing in your in your yep. bedroom window. Yeah. Yeah. So this this my only issue really is that I kept changing the number of pets I had to like <laughs> erase it and you know I went from zero cats to two cats whatever but um you know the point is is that this is what we're really excited about and look for is to you know work with and get behind legislators who have compassion for the animals and who want to you know see animal welfare improve. And um, so I just, I always say, this is what my friend, dear friend Priscilla Mizrahi always says, um, that animal welfare is not a left or right issue. It is in fact a right or wrong issue. And that is why for anyone who wasn't paying attention, this bill passed by a landslide in yeah. both houses. 133 so, to 16, right? On the assembly yeah, side, right? Good, Tommy. Yeah. yeah. And 57 to 5, I believe, in Senate. But, you know, so this is where we have to capitalize is by keeping these humane legislators in office and moving out the ones who are not. <laughs> but um, so my my question to you, uh, Ed, really is like, how do we go about, I mean, does someone have to live in your district to call you up and say, I have an idea for a piece of legislation or like, how do we go about kind of doing more? Well, I, I think, you know, the starting point is definitely always that call to a legislator to find an interested, uh, interested person in a, in a particular, you know, piece of legislation. Um, I think it always helps when it's somebody who's a constituent, um, but, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I, I definitely will talk to anybody about anything, uh, you know, over time. But it's, it definitely helps when it's when it's a constituent. The other thing that I would say is, you know, you can like I know I'll have a constituent call me about a certain issue and I right away. And this comes with, you know, experience of having been there for 12 years. But I know right away, like whose wheelhouse that's in amongst my colleagues, people who maybe have introduced bills in the past and worked on similar issues. Um, so so I think that helps too, in terms of just finding the right place to go, uh, because sometimes with the political makeup of the legislature, there are you know particular places you wanna go for sponsors, in particular, you know, chairs of, of committees um, that it may have to go through, or at least members of a committee that, that a bill is gonna have to travel through uh, as it goes through the uh, 
the whole process that we've been through now and finally gotten to that last step of hopefully a Governor Hochul signature uh, on this puppy mill bill. So let me just say, too, you know, that's one of the things that I learned during this process is Val, we were talking about the rules committee. And that was somebody that we we reached out to somebody when it was at the rules committee, which, again, is a thing I learned. But then it was like, all right, so now we got it to this point. We need those folks to get involved, to move it along. But I, I love what you said there, too, at about the piece about finding people where it's in their wheelhouse or it's in their interest. You know, it was uh, it was um, your colleague up there. uh Linda Rosenthal, right on, and and um, also it was on the other side. It was um, Senator yeah. Generis, right, Senator Generis, and yeah. right. So you know that this was obviously something that they uh, they championed this this issue. So you got to find. So if somebody does want something done, you want to find people who are going to champion those issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's also you know not just somebody who's going to say, hey, "Okay, yeah, that that seems like a decent idea. I'm going to put my name on it," but but who it's going to actually be a priority for. Uh, I think that's important. And yeah, Linda has had um, any number of animal related uh, bills over the years. Um, So, so certainly she was a, uh, she was the appropriate person to uh, carry this one through to to the finish line. I want to have, yeah, yeah, I just want to get JP involved because I want to ask him a question. Because I said it, because I put it in the chat, So, but I, then I just took it away from you. Look, JP, look, th- what happens on a national level? I mean, you're Humane Society of the U.S., you, you know, you're senior director of the Stop Puppy Mills campaign, and you've been involved, you've been with the, the society for many, many years. How do we, where do we go if we want to play this game on a national level, if that's the right way to ask that? So there are two sides of this coin. There's the side of the people who are producing the puppies, the puppy mills themselves, And then there's the side of the retail sales, whether it's the the pet stores or a website or a flea market or whatever. And the puppy mills themselves are heavily concentrated in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and like around Missouri and then going up into, uh, you know, some of the Great Lakes states like Ohio, for example. And those tend to be states where they have very large agricultural economies and big agribusiness has a disproportionate influence in the legislature, which unfortunately has sometimes stimmed efforts to pass laws protecting animals, even animals that are not, uh, you know, agricultural animals. I don't consider a dog to be an agricultural animal. So for that reason, we've decided to focus heavily on pinching off the pipeline, the market. And that's what we did here with this bill in New York. And so we're going to have more bills like that. Uh, I, I certainly can see some momentum building in states that border New York, because mm-hmm. I think people who live in New Jersey and Connecticut and Pennsylvania and Massachusetts, uh, they don't want any of these, these stores that sell puppy mill puppies moving in to their state. So I think that we'll start to see a bit more uh, activity in those states, uh, if not at the state legislative level, at least in the localities that are along the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois was the fifth state to stop the sale of puppies in <clears throat> and Lake County, Indiana, which is basically suburban Chicago, uh, about 10 localities in Lake County did ordinances mirroring the Illinois law because they didn't want it, these stores just moving in. Because that was, and I heard that on Friday night too. I heard like some of the f- folks who are opposing this Friday night, I'm talking about Friday evening, you know, when I was watching this, watching this all kind of happen. Well, that was like the excuse. Well, now all you're doing is hurting these business owners in New York because somebody's going to go to the neighboring state and buy the puppy there. But New York, is a, is and was or was and, and will no longer be a major uh, 
I, how did how did Brian call it when Brian Hackett was here? It was like it's the end of the pipeline. It's where the it was like the distribution center. And I love Brian because Brian won't even go into and he told us this on the show, so it's not like a secret. He won't even go into a strip mall that has a pet store that sells puppies. Like if he wanted to get a Subway sandwich, he can't get it at that strip mall because right. you know boycott the whole strip mall, which I love. I think it's funny, but like that was the thing with how, what was the percentage? How much? Over 10% of the puppy stores in the United States are in New York State, over 10%. So there's a little over 600 of these stores nationwide right now. Uh, it's down because we, you know, five other states have done this in about 420-something localities. But uh, New York, we believe there's 66. I did see some of the uh, uh, industry lobbyists saying more than 80. I, I, It was more than 80. We know some closed. But whoever's number is right there, it's more than 10% of mm. the national total. Right, so where off? Yeah, there were a few things, uh, quotes, and really bothersome statements, misstatements, in fact, uh, coming from some of the speakers who were during the debate were clearly against supporting this bill. Thank God they were in the vast minority. That said, I'm confused. I need to ask Ed this question because you are obviously in assembly, but. I, I was so disheartened to see non-factual statements being iterated at the microphone. I thought when you're in government and you know people make fun of me for this, but I thought you kind of have to tell the truth. <laughs> but you know, the first speaker at the microphone painted a very bleak picture and he said something like, people are going to leave New York because they're not even gonna be able to get a dog. What? I mean, I things like this really infuriate me because it, it's so false. It is a blatant fear-mongering tactic. And I actually called his office today. I'd like to have a conversation with him. Another misstatement was uh, by an assemblywoman who was talking about how she wanted her version of this bill, my bill, my bill, my bill, should be looked at. Her... First of all, she was saying that the bill that passed was going to shut down pet stores. And that's what it was, banning pet stores. It's not banning pet stores, number one. And number two, her version of her proposed bill allowed for uh, repercussions if you bought two, two companion animals from a pet store who died within six months of your purchase. Oh, it is I most ludicrous version of any type of legislation I'm aware of, and I don't proclaim to, you know, read them all. But what I'm saying is, if you go to a pet store, like my friends did, and purchased a, a puppy for thousands of dollars, and then a year later, after their infant son was completely in love with and enamored with your puppy, found out that he had a genetic disease called IVDD, which caused him to stop being able to use his hind legs, paid for surgery that was supposed to be life-saving, but no guarantees. And then six months later from there, you had to put your dog down because it didn't work and it was only gonna happen again. Now somebody tell me who in their right mind is gonna go back and purchase another animal from the same store they purchase a sick and dying dog from. Anyone? No, no, it, uh, it, I, it's Val, it, it's tragic, it's tragic, but let me, I, I want to, and maybe Ed, you can jump in on this real quick before we go to a quick break, because I'd like, because we haven't actually, 
we're talking about this thing, but we haven't said, I don't think we've danced around it. Ed, what exactly does it mean once Governor Hochul, and we appreciate your support on this, Governor Hochul, but once she signs this, what does it actually mean that this 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 bill that is going to be a law? Can you just do that before we go to break? Well, well, just, I mean, it means it, be, it becomes chaptered into New York state law so that uh, the effective date of it, you know, uh, everything, all those time frames uh, that are listed in the bill start to tick and we move towards that, you know, New York state where uh, the sale of these animals is banned. That's it. So the sale and we've we've done and we've gone, we've crunched the numbers. We've had people come on the show. So if you want to discuss that with us, how are these business people going to stay in business? I think the number I heard the other night and I've heard it before, I think it's two percent of the revenue in this hundred and what was Val, like hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. Maybe JP, if you know the numbers, what's the what's the pet supply industry? One hundred twenty three billion dollar industry. One hundred twenty three billion. Two percent. We estimate us from the sale of puppies. The industry actually stopped tracking what percentage of their GDP came from the sale of puppies because they admitted that most uh, dogs are acquired from outside of retail channels, like a shelter or rescue. So it's it's almost it's uh, from a from a revenue capitalist perspective, it's not relevant. It is not relevant. There's so many more, and I joke with Valerie a little bit, but they're like people who who want to buy the, the clothing. And I used to, we used to have a chihuahua with my wife when I were kids when we were just dating and whatnot. And we used to dress, his name was Mickey. Well, his name was Michelob Light because I used to drink Michelob Light, but his name was Mickey, but I used to call him Michelob. But he, we used to buy him clothes. We, yeah. and, and actually my Nana had sewed him like, like a, a whole, like, you know, I don't know. What do you call, what do you call with the, uh, with the crochet needles and stuff, crochet thing, you know, like a jacket. And a hat. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a puppy prom coming up puppy, in New York. Oh puppy God. prom coming up, right? So there's no shortage of people. So you need? Does that mean you need to like get a puppy dress and puppy tuxedos and a limousine and the whole thing? I mean, if you want to blend, probably yeah. here in Long Island, you do. I'm sure you do here in Long Island. That's but how. I want to get back to when we. got to go to break. So I yeah. know when we when we come back, I do want to get back to the falsities, the misstatements. I'm not going to name names right now. I probably will do it on my Facebook page. But the point is, I want to address that because I think it's chronically important for for elected officials to speak truths. Agreed, hundred percent agree. And I I don't know how that happens. That because I was telling you yesterday, a lot of people don't say the truth all the time. But that's that's not a cop out. We'll be right back. This is Professionals and Adam Love Show. Val's mad at me. We'll be right back. <laughs> Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19-related employment laws? 
Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. You can talk. I'll talk. We'll both talk. I have something I want right, to say. Well, real quick. Let me say some. Let me say a bunch of words really, really fast. We want to amplify the message that we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. That is what this show is about. That is the community we're building together. We are building this compassionate network. More to come on that. We have a lot of stories we're going to tell you going into the future. But we believe through this network that we're creating, everyone wins. Especially the animals. Good job. I love, I love how you just did our, our introduction halfway through. Halfway through the show. Yeah, because now I'm going to halfway through the show mention the two guests who we've been talking to. So Ed Ra has been an assemblyman for the District 19 here uh, on Long Island. It's been since 2011, Ed Ra. And then J.P. Goodwin, who we've been talking to, and I sort of said what he does, and but Senior Director for the Stop Puppy Mills campaign at the Humane Society of the United States of America, but it just says H-S-U-S, not America. But I believe it is. Well, the, I believe it's the same thing. So Val, go ahead. What's up? While we have uh, the, the district number, um, Ed, would you mind telling us exactly what your district covers? Sure. Um, so I currently cover parts of uh, the towns of Hempstead, North Hempstead and Oyster Bay, uh, basically from West Hempstead, Franklin Square, uh, up through Garden City, Mineola, New Hyde Park, Garden City Park, the Willistons, Carl Place, uh, and I meander up through Westbury, uh, actually uh, all the way up to uh, Glenhead and um, and uh, <laughs> Glenwood Landing. Um, I'm That's actually- my hometown where I grew <laughs> up and my hometown where I am, Ed. We've been together yeah, forever. I'm- yep. Unfortunately, Tommy, you're going to be uh, losing me going forward in the uh, new district that is drawn. Uh, I do not uh, get quite that far north anymore. I'm, I'm moving. Um, I'm putting the house up. That's it. I'm moving. If I can't so have you, Rob, I'm You want to come back to Franklin Square? Uh, Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. They got a, I, Carmela's Pizza, Hempstead Turnpike. If you haven't had a slice, Carmela's you go. missing out. Really, folks. All right. Absolutely. So I have to jump back in on this, This, you know, uh, these misstatements for what we were just talking about, right? I need to ask anybody, you know, first of all, when it comes to the process, we keep hearing about these lobbyists, right? We, we know which one was uh, primarily involved representing the pet store owners. What, what exactly happens? Is this, are the people at the microphone, the legislators kind of regurgitating what they've been told by lobbyists or how is this happening? Because, some of these misstatements are really egregious, in my humble opinion. And, and what can we do to combat that as advocates? Well, I mean, let me let me start on the positive side of the fact that, I mean, I saw from even when we discussed the bill uh, within the Assembly Republican Conference that clearly uh, advocates that are out there 
really made a big difference in some of those things in terms of people that maybe had some misconceptions in the past uh, that didn't anymore. Uh, you know, and we had some, I have some colleagues in my conference who come from very agricultural parts of the state who are always working on agricultural uh, issues that were strong supporters of this bill um, because they had the discussions and did their homework uh, and, and, and learned uh, what it would actually mean and what it, what it was and what, what it wasn't. So let me start on, on, on that positive side of it. Um, the other side, I mean, I think that we all on any bill that comes before us have different ways that we get information. Um, certainly, you know, lobbyists are, are one uh, way, but, you know, I, I do think, um, you know, just, you know, my one colleague who led off, I, I do think he has a particular perspective uh, from his uh, background, uh, you know, in his life, uh, you know, many of us tried to uh, give our perspective, um, you know, but, uh, you know, he, he has his perspective and, and uh, you know, any of us, when a bill comes up for debate, basically um, have the opportunity to participate. We have a button in front of us to press to speak. It generates basically a list and you go into a queue and when they get to you, they get to you. Hopefully they get to you because the assembly uh, used to not have any limit on debate. Now we do. Um, we, we used to each have our individual limit, but there was an overall time limit. We, we, they, uh, unfortunately, uh, a time limit was put in uh, this year. Although the flip side is it helps uh, move things <laughs> move things to a conclusion. It's fun um, to watch. It's really like if yeah. you've never watched this to to like and maybe it's fun to watch like because I you know I had um, uh, I had an interest in the outcome. So maybe like when you were talking because I saw what you your folks you were talking about prior to and then after the fact I was less interested to be honest with you. So since it was important to me. Yeah. But it was just to see the process. Now, I've been up to Albany with the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, and I didn't get a shout out to Tom Gretsch and Brendan Levy and the team at the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, because if it wasn't for <laughs> them and the relationship I have, that doesn't get on the docket. And that's not about me. That's about me leveraging the network that I've created. So thank you, Tom, and thank you, Brendan, for making the impact. The first, it's, yeah. it's the only Queen's Day I missed, and because I... um I broke my toe like <laughs> the day before and I didn't want to wheel my way around Albany because I know how much walking it is up there, Ed. And I was like, I don't want to do it on my little like bicycle. I had one of them little bikes, but um, I, I I don't know if you, you've, you've probably attended Queens Day when we go down to the A and we eat all that yeah. food that comes I, up. From- I have. I was I was a little disappointed because sometimes in the past they've brought Mr. Met up and he was not there this year. But um, oh, you know, for- are you a Met fan? Are you a Met fan? Yeah, Carter. Oh, yes. Carter is the name. Uh, that's of the right. Song. You told me that. That was I know, but I was so busy I'm thinking about other stuff. That's right. So we're all left face. I'm fairly confident I'm the only uh, legislator who has Shea Stadium seats in my office in the Capitol. So. Do you really? I'm that. Okay, so next yeah. time I'm up there, Val, that's a date. We'll go up there. We'll we'll go up there. We'll I lobby on behalf there. of some kind of bill, and we'll go sit in the seats at Ed's office. JP, no. baseball fan. Hold on, I got I got to get JP in the baseball thing real quick. Football. I'm a football guy. All right. All right. That's fair. fair. Getting back to, you know, uh, the crux of the issue. And I, I do understand what you're saying. And, but I also look at it like, of course, there are opinions and perspectives. However, there's also hard facts. And the fact is that the first speaker was painting an inaccurate picture with regards to how people would not be able to get purebred dogs 
And the reality is that that's completely not true. And the reality is that responsible breeders, if this, this legislation helps responsible breeders, you know, and, and those responsible, reputable breeders would never, they never sell their puppies to the pet stores. So I just feel that, you know, although I, I understand everyone has a right to their opinion, but when someone gets up and they're stating something as if it's fact and it couldn't be further from the truth, it's, it's a real issue. Mm. And, you know, JP, I'm sure you've encountered this before, but I'd love your thoughts on, you know, how do we combat that? What is the best possible way to combat things when they're false? Well, you'll be happy to know that we have actually done a lot of message testing, putting forth what we believe were probably the most compelling arguments the other side would make against mm -hmm. what we believe were our most compelling arguments. And we found that we can be very confident that as long as we get a fair hearing, we're going to bring about 75% of the people along with us mm -hmm. um, on each of these points, point by point. And after having done all of that message testing and research, I felt, you know, relieved because now uh, you can have one of these debates. And, and believe me, I, I, there are times when you want to make sure there's nothing around that you would throw at your computer monitor, right? Because it can get aggravating. But we, we've tested their arguments. We've tested our arguments. And most people come down on our side so we can let them speak. We can let them put forth their piece. And we respond. And most people want to protect dogs. They don't like puppy mills. And, uh, you know, there's so many holes in the other side's arguments that we can just be confident. We just tell the truth. And we'll, we should, in most instances, be okay. I want to I ask you a question. One of the but, best indicators, I'll let you go. I'm, I'm real sorry. Uh, one of the best indicators to me is uh, whether or not someone is, is a compassionate legislator or not is in their phraseology choices. So when I hear... Uh, an elected official refer to puppies, kittens, and rabbits as inventory. Right. Right there, I'm like, we got a problem <laughs> because I don't understand that analogy, and I never will. And I've heard a shelter director refer to animals as inventory too. And I'm oh. saying they're go they're likening a a innocent, sentient, vulnerable, you know, baby to paper a towels. bottle of a bottle of Viagra. Right. I don't, wow, that's, I don't get it. That's, that's interesting. That that no, would be reference pharmaceuticals or whatever. Oh, all right. I'm just right. naming one, but ultimately, <laughs> you know, this you can't compare it to. You know, this the, a sticky pad is inventory. Right. Yeah. You know, not a puppy. And you were going to make a point real quick before that too. What were you going to say? No, I was, I was, I was just going to say. I mean, I certainly, uh, Valerie, like get get your frustration with that. One hundred percent. But and and I guess my perspective is just from the fact that I've I've sat there for year after year and heard frustrating statements on on any number of issues. So it may phase me a little less, um, especially like once once this bill was on the floor. Um, see, for for you guys, that might have been like a time to like just bring your nerves to the top level. <laughs> once it was on the floor, I, I was fine because once it was on the floor, I knew it had overwhelming support so 
anybody who was going to say whatever they were going to say wasn't going to make a difference. So um, is that part of it too, Ed? And, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's part of it too. Like, I'm, I'm thinking from a, as, a, as a bystander, knowing, although we were still nervous, and I was nervous because Valerie was nervous, and she's like, I thought we had enough, like you just said, but you know we got enough, right? You guys are up there doing it. But I'm wondering if it's like the mentality of the other, you know, it was 133 to 16 was the number, everybody, right? Like, that's a big win. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's just like, look, I'm just going to, this is for my constituents. I can just say all these words now. I know it's not, it is not going to make an effect, but I'm just going to go down swinging. And like, is that the mentality too, where it's like, I could save, uh, this is the right, wrong way to say it, but save face or make it look like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the people that, right? Yeah, you know where I'm going? Well, yeah, I mean, I think people are trying to make points uh, knowing that the, that the outcome's not going to be what they what they want. And, and you know, whether it's somebody who has been encouraging them to vote no or whatever, um, you know, they can show that they, you know, they did. Right. So, and when they say, I want to ask this question, then we'll go to a break. But when they say on the bill, and they, you know, speaker, Mr. Speaker, on the bill, what does that mean? Uh, as opposed to being recognized and asking the sponsor to yield when you'd be asking questions about the bill, on the bill is basically you just speaking about the bill, you know, okay. kind of your own thoughts about the bill rather Does than anyone asking say questions. No. Does any sponsor, when they're asked to yield, do they ever say no? Very, very rarely. You can, but it's kind of expected that if you're introducing a bill that you're going to answer questions about it. Yeah, I could kind of see that being an issue. Now <laughs> yeah. we got to go to break. You want to do it? All right, All right let's go to break. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Specials and Animal Lover Show. We are 
back. Valerie, I, I wanted to know, like, from your perspective and obviously from our guests, um, what's the next step? Like, where do we go from here? Like, what, where, and, you know, you, Ed, JP, wh where do we go? So I'll just say really quickly that uh, Tommy was like, do we do a call night now to call the governor? And I'm like, we're addicted to call nights now, right? But um, I might just know, call it a favor. We probably have some kind of connection to, to Governor Hochul anyway. I probably know somebody that knows her. Maybe Ed Ra. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, um, it's a great question. What I, I have a, a few other things that I've been working on for, you know, a few years uh, on a, on a, on a hyper-local level within Long Island, town of Hempstead. Um, but ultimately, you know, when it comes to these statewide issues, I look to people like JP uh, and Joanne to kind of let me know what's going on and what needs to be done. If there's a call to action going on, you know, we'll share it. Maybe we could do more call nights, Tommy. I think that was such a great idea and I believe it was effective. So was I don't know, um, Ed, I don't know if there's something that you're working on currently, if you want to share, or if you, uh, JP, want to mention anything, but what's next is a great question because it's, we have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think there are a number of, you know, things, uh, I, unfortunately we haven't done it in a few years, but we actually used to have an animal advocacy day in Albany, uh, and all the legislators would bring their pets up and, you know, um, it was a really great day because we get into all kinds of different issues, whether yeah. they were, you know, pet store related issues, whether they were animal, uh, you know, abuse uh, issues, getting stricter on some of our, um, you know, some of our laws in terms of penalties and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, the first year I, I adopted Carter in November of 2023, I brought him up that that uh, June for Animal Advocacy Day, which was which was great. I, we had a great time and, you know, I have brought them up many times over the years since then. Do they so. bring them, do you bring them into the inside, like in the building and stuff and on yes. the floor? Oh, yep. wow. oh, um, cool. The entire, the well in the legislative office building is filled with legislators, uh, dogs and, and other animals that different, uh, rescues and organizations bring up. Um, so we had, and, and actually, uh, I got the opportunity to meet some animals that had incredible stories. There was one that had been neglected. Uh, his name, uh, what was his name? Hudson, I think. Um, somebody had tied him, uh, some just awful person, and tied him to the uh, railroad tracks, and he lost a couple of his limbs. But, you know, oh, there he was, uh, a happy dog with, you know, having, uh, you know, gotten the prosthetics. I, I mean, it was just dogs with unbelievable stories. Um, and we talked a lot about, yeah. you know, penalties for that type of stuff. Well, so that's it, Val. That's it. Animal well, advocacy. We're going up. No, we're going to go up. We're going to go up again. We're going to turn. Yeah. We will influence somehow a new advocacy day up in New York State in Albany. So I, yeah, and, and I was just going to Linda Rosenthal has been one of the sponsors of it for years. So obviously it only got it, it didn't get fell by the wayside or anything. It was just COVID. Uh, yeah. It hasn't happened over, over the last few years. But if I if I can take a second just to go back, you know, you said the thing about, you know, inventory and all of that. One of the things I remember was a big issue for years that we were trying to get past um, and, and it never quite got there was there was a, a woman who had come up. Her house had gotten um, burglarized and the guy came in and actually shot and killed both both of her dogs. Um, and the way the laws were 
was that was no different than basically damaging an inanimate object. Mm. And I remember one of my one of my colleagues made the point, um, you know, with because uh, we were having trouble moving the bill through the committee process. And he said he said, you know, I don't remember the last time uh, I walked into my house and my DVD player came running to greet me like, you know, it's <laughs> right. just not the same thing. Oh. Right. Yeah, well, so it, you know, we had we gotta we had, to change people's opinions with that. Yeah, well, we also we had two uh, attorneys on last week. One uh, is a bankruptcy lawyer Donna Fiorelli, uh, and also Shayla Ramos of Harani and Associates. Uh, they were both talking about how in one court, in family court, pets are now considered family members and are treated as such. But unfortunately, in other courts, like bankruptcy or uh, foreclosure or whatever, those courts, there's still personal property. That's stuff we could, I'd love to work on to improve also. And, uh, you know, JP, one of the things I, I don't know if this is an HSUS issue or not, but um, I do, I do believe very strongly that the e-commerce, you know, laws yeah. um, and, and lack of accountability with purchasing a puppy online from a website and they just deliver it to you, you know, that, that yeah. stuff that definitely needs more regulation, but what's next in your world? Well, first off, of course, the immediate what's next is we'll be encouraging people uh, to get in calls and emails to Governor Hochul to sign the bill. And oh, we are. Okay. It'll be a one-year uh, effective date. So after she signs it, it'll go into effect a year later. And we're going to, of course, we're of course going to want to make sure that the bill is well enforced and that all of the stores yeah. are complying with it. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to be doing legislation in other states, uh, including those that border New York, but other places as well, mm -hmm. to uh, you know make sure that that we're we're expanding this. And as far as these other outlets that are used for the sales of puppies from puppy mills, like some of these websites. That one's a tough one to regulate at the state or local level. Uh, you know, the interstate commerce issues pertaining to that make it kind of difficult. So that might be one where we have to look for a federal, a federal solution. Um, well, I know someone running for New York Congress. <laughs> well, there you go. All, all, we want that person to be supportive of all of the animal protection issues that will be coming for the Congress because there are a lot, including yeah. they're going, uh, but in addition to puppy mills. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, something, Tommy, I think we just got our cue. I think a, another call night is apparently. Uh, I guess so. Order. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. if JP tells us it is, it is. What's the timeline on that, gentlemen? It, when would, does the governor have some sort of timeline to look at that? Well, so the statutory timeline to actually sign it will kick in when the governor actually gets the bill. Um, so just be aware that what happens is the Senate passed it first. So the bill now will sit with the Senate clerk uh, until uh, it's requested by the governor. And at that point, that's when, uh, you know, uh, the time frame to sign it uh, will, will kick in. So that's probably the sweet spot of where um, we want to be you know, getting in touch with her to, to sign it, but hopefully it happens sooner rather so than later. Can we, can we keep in touch, Jens? Let's, I know we will, but let's keep in touch so we can, sure. we, we do have some reach here. We got a bit of influence here and we want to let our people know what our next steps are and how we, you know, really put them and activate them and get them in motion. So Val, uh, we're, we're changing the world. Little by little, we're making an impact. Ed Ra, 
Thank you for being here. We appreciate your friendship. We appreciate you taking all those texts. I heard you change your cell phone number. Don't worry. I got it. I won't give it a bow. Just kidding. Um, JP Goodwin, HSUS. Thanks for being our friend. You're, you know, you're like a two-time guest on the show already. And we're just getting warmed up, man. So. I guess I didn't offend you or anything the first time. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. We, we like friends in important places. So thank you for being here with us. Valerie, thank you for your vision of what this show is, what this is going to be and how we're going to change the world together. Uh, thank you for Tiffany Eckhart. Check it in. I got the candle somewhere here in the attic that, that, that we hooked up with on the, uh, from your candles. Um, Joanne Winkhart cave, Mick Collins. There it is, Val. Thanks for sure. I think I have one right here behind my monitor. Yeah. I got the laundromat right here in the, uh, doggone candles. We got to go now because the show is now over, but I would, I would encourage you and we'll hear this from our friends down the road, but I encourage you to think about the partnership between rescues and pet stores going forward and how the pet store can leverage that relationship and maybe bring some of the rescue dogs to their store and let's do some fun stuff. And I think pals would really be down. That's us pals. We'd really be down to support that. So let's, let's put that out there as an idea in his total commitment to nonviolence. Gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Thanks everybody. Make it a great day. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life hi i'm pat duckworth women's health strategist and host of the hot women rock radio show empowering women leaders at menopause join me every thursday at 10 a.m eastern time 3 p.m uk time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. 
Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about help to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.